Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this beautiful day. This is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, and welcome to Coffee and Christ. This is my weekly look behind the curtain for you at uh, what I do every day with my uh, daily devotional and just spending some time in the Word. So let's get right at it. Um, Today, the verse of the day is work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Again, this is from Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12 is like one of my favorite verses. It is my verse of the year this year. Um, so this is just such great advice. Um, and I think, you know, for me, living in peace is a choice that I make every second of every day. And, and literally, I vacillate between peace and joy, and it is totally within my control to do that. Uh, so the second piece of that in work at living a holy life you know, boy, that Jesus set the tone for that. So that is the one that is the, boy, it's just the most difficult. And not because not capable, but just minute by minute, living a holy life. It really takes intention um, and awareness, uh, minute by minute awareness. But the good news is, um, what I've noticed in my life is the more you are aware of it, it kind of builds on itself and you get this positive momentum going um, around living that holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So there's the incentive, right? If you're not holy, you're not going to see the Lord. So again, what great incentive to just, you know, just pick that up and, and and do that right that's what we have to do okay let's finish up here or let's go to our next plan and i don't know why this plan here is not disappearing for me robert bolden okay check okay let's go back all right let's see oh i see what happened here Don't worry, I'm just talking to myself. Now we're good. Okay, so the plan for today... Knowing God's will. I had a great plan laid out for my life. I was 23, a 23-year-old out of college, a year out of college, and everything was on track. Then a mentor challenged me to consider joining an international marriage and family ministry. My gut said no. As a young single, joining a marriage ministry made little sense, but he was insistent. Rob, I really think you need to pray about this. As I did, I began to wrestle with the all-consuming question, what is God's will for my life? This is likely one of the most asked questions by Western Christians today. One you may be wondering yourself, born out of sincere desire to follow and obey God, it touches on every area of life, career, marriage, and your kids' education. Should I? Should I? Should I? The questions never end. But what if I was never intended to ask what is God's will for my life? In X. What 
If this well-meaning question is more a product of our hyper-individualistic culture than a sign of dependence on the Holy Spirit, I agree with that 100%. I feel unable to decide unless the Lord gave me clarity concerning His will for me. As I began to accept my mentor's challenge and pray about joining family life, I realized God's will is just that, God's will. God's will is not about me what I do for a living, who I marry, or the career I choose. There's no such thing as God's will for my life apart from His overall will. And this is good news. If there were one specific will that God required us to discover, we would wind up second-guessing every decision set before us. We weren't created to bear that kind of burden. Now, let me be clear, it doesn't mean God won't or can't change our steps. But we first need an eternal perspective on His will before we can understand how to apply it to the specifics of our lives. Thankfully, His Word does not hide this from us. As you begin this study, ask God to give you a kingdom-minded perspective. Let Him reveal His will and prepare yourself to follow it, no matter where He leads. Pray, Lord, help me to take my eyes off my circumstances and see life through a heavenly perspective so I can learn to care about the things you care about. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I like where this one is going. Okay, let's see. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Powerful stuff. I love the kingdom perspective of this one. Yes. His purpose and our purpose, my purpose is to serve the kingdom. That is my purpose. Because that's what God is expecting from all of us. Serve the kingdom, make disciples. Love it. Okay, and we can go ahead quickly here to today, day two. New eyes. For most of my life, I believe God's will for my life was to do the most ministry possible. Talk about works-based righteousness. (laughs) But when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus didn't give us a task. He gave us a posture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus' response points us back to a relationship with the Father and loving relationships with others. Our calling is not to a place or vocation or even a person to marry. It's to God himself. Our primary role is to love the Lord with all we have, love others, and become more like Christ. The rest is God's responsibility. Rob, are you saying we should stop leading our Bible studies, stop taking college students out to share their faith, stop serving in our churches? By no means, what I'm saying is that too often our focus lands on the works and not Jesus. When we focus on doing, we're driven by should. When we focus on Jesus, we're driven by love. And the works naturally flow. Follow. 
I struggled with the idea of leaving five years of interpersonal boots on the ground ministry to join an organization as an administrative assistant. It didn't make sense. It didn't seem like I'd be doing enough. But what I needed to do was focus less on my spiritual resume and more on Jesus. When I did, I began to see that the most important thing was for me to conform to the image of Christ. Yes, you guys, that is what I strive for every single day. This is so encouraging and affirming. Just, you know, learning about how Christ lived and just follow that. That is so good. I had a lot of practice being a leader. What I needed was more practice being a servant. This behind the scenes job was just what I needed. Slowly my anxiety eased. As you consider the decision before you, take some time to lay aside the question of what God wants you to do and focus instead on just loving the Lord your God. When you do, you'll begin to see your situation through a new set of eyes. Pray, Lord, the decisions I face loom large. Please help me at this moment to lay them down and focus them only on you. Help me to fall more in love with you today. Please show me how to become more like your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. This is truth. And what I am writing here is my life drastically changed when I focused on loving God and others as Jesus did. That is what Life Transform My Business is all about. Love it. Okay, so you guys, this is just affirming for me. And what I've come to know is there are a lot of people out there that are doubters or they're not in the same space that I am, which is okay. I just need to continually to be the light and show the light for those people. And you've heard me say it repeatedly. I want to keep things as simple as possible. And the simple way is just to do that. To just be a disciple for God, love God, and love people, what Jesus commanded us to do. And totally, totally strip self out of it. Um, Totally strip self out of it. I get the most, I get emotional when other people express um, 
their gratitude and emotion for me just caring for them. That's when I get really emotional. So that is a sign to me that, you know, that I'm on the right track. I am absolutely on the right track. Okay, I am in Deuteronomy now. And I'm just going to read from John because reading this chapter is not really going to get much for us. But this is out of Deuteronomy 14 and 15. Generosity, a candle loses nothing by lighting another. If great leaders err, they do so on the side of generosity. They are givers, not takers. They feel motivated to, one, serve others to help them grow and thrive, two, solve problems that prevent potential from being reached, and three, save causes that benefit mankind. God instructs his leaders in the entire nation of Israel to imitate his generosity and grace. At the end of every seventh year, every Israelite was to cancel all debts owed by fellow citizens. If they would indeed cancel debts, model graciousness and forgiveness, and care for the poor, he would favor their land with abundant crops and freedom from invasion. Imagine, they simply needed to trust that God was in control and let him worry about rain and sun and fruitful harvest times. God's instructions here provides us with a reminder of the nature of true leadership. We don't keep score with people. We just keep on giving. Love it. John Maxwell is so insightful. We just, we, we don't keep score. We just keep on giving. Such a powerful message right there. And I think, you know, because at the end, at the end of life, you know, we, we always hear those terms, you'll, you can't take it with you, right? We all know that. And really, think about it. If we're working hard and putting in all these hours so we can, quote unquote, retire or live for the weekend or whatever, what, I mean, how fulfilling is that? the end of your time are you you know is it going to be like whoa yeah i i got to you know retire on a beach so what are you going to do on the beach oh i'm going to sit around and drink margaritas oh yeah doesn't sound very good to me we were designed for work but it's got to be work that we truly know in our hearts it's serving our awesome God with our awesome gifts. If we can do that, if we can use our God-given gifts as our work, this is my opinion based on a lot of information that I've consumed and a lot of thought, um, then you can have heaven right here on earth. Love God, continue to develop that relationship with God, with Jesus, and love others. Boom! All right. Verse of the day from Miss Sarah Young. Refuse to worry. That is in bold. Refuse to worry. Bold in exclamation point. In this word, world, there will always be something enticing you to worry. That is the nature of a fallen, fractured planet. Things are not as they should be. So the temptation to be anxious is constantly with you trying to worm its way into your mind. The best defense is continual communication with me, richly seasoned with thanksgiving. 
Awareness of my presence fills your mind with light and peace, leaving no room for fear. This awareness lifts you up above your circumstances, enabling you to see problems from my perspective. Live close to me, exclamation point. Together, we can keep the wolves of worry at bay. Boom. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? You guys, just embrace that sentence. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Nobody. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yes, be joyful always. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. I love it. For with you is the foundation is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. And that's a psalm. You guys so powerful. You can live a joyful life. It's just a choice. That's all it is. It is a choice. Don't let fear consume you. Don't let worry overcome you. Don't let anxiety paralyze you. Those are things that you can choose to do or not to do. And there's something called hypnotic rhythm. The more positives you put in your mind, the more you're going to utilize hypnotic rhythm to to crowd out those negative things and you're going to create positive habits. The more negative things you put in your life, the same hypnotic rhythm will take control there. And time is the either enhancer of positive or the enhancer of negative. So my, of course, hope, prayer for you, because you're capable, is to just go to the positive side. Go to the joyful part of life and live it because it's there. It's right there for you. And if we can help you get there, because I know I can, depending on what your current circumstances are, and we'll tell you if we can or can't, um, reach out. Go to life-transform.com. You'll get on our email list. You'll see some of the offerings or contact me directly and we can have a chat and figure out uh, whether or not what we have through Life Transformed, through Love Spaces and Places, can, can actually help you just, just transform your life. That's the easiest way to put it. Okay, you guys, thank you so much. Join me for Love Spaces and Places, the Monday podcast. And until next week, have a great wonderful rest of your week. Uh, This is Robert Bolden, Life Transform, getting people out of isolation and into community. Take care.